Fast Forward Productions. The women are speaking. This is the Unfiltered Entrepreneur. My name is Ashley Pollard. Here you will find business tips, entrepreneurial advice, and an honest account of mistakes I make along the way. I will also have some friends along for the ride who can add in their own experience, obstacles, and what we can all learn from each other. Entrepreneurship can be a lonely road, but not in my circle. We are all in this together. Hey guys, welcome back to the Unfiltered Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Ashley Pollard, and I'm the founder and CEO of Team AP Consulting, where we help women every single day grow their business, scale to the success that they want, and do so with confidence and data-driven strategy. Today, I have the lovely Nicole Nixon on my team present with us. She is our graphic designer, brand designer, web designer, extraordinaire. She's our (laughs) creative favorite on the team. She's been with me since uh, right before last summer. So it's been a minute and she assists our tier three retainer clients with any of their brand website graphic needs and also assists on some things with team AP consulting. So welcome Nicole to the unfiltered entrepreneur. Thanks. I'm just going to need you to follow me around and do that introduction everywhere I go. I mean, I can make like a really cool sign that hangs above your head, like you're a Sims character. Like, I, I guess do that'll that. do. I guess that'll do. <laughs> Have you ever been on a podcast before? I haven't. This is my first time, so I'm super excited. That actually really surprises me because you have such an impressive background that I just love hearing about because I feel like you and I both come from spaces where we had really created and ironed out a career for ourselves Mm -hmm. and then migrated into this online space, kind of doing something that relates, kind of doing something a little different. Why don't you fill everybody in on what you have been doing throughout your career before you did migrate into this kind of like digital graphic design, brand design space? Yeah, absolutely. So I um, have worked in the professional beauty industry, specifically in professional hair for well, since I was 20 and I just turned 41, so um, about 21 years. And I started off as a stylist. Um, I had my daughter and then I very quickly became a single mom and needed like a really secure job so that I could feed her and you know keep a roof over our head. And um, so I started working for manufacturers. So I've worked for companies like Sexy Hair, Colorproof, Pulp Riot, Diva Curl, um, and I did education and training. So what that means is that I would create the education courses, the curriculums, I would train all of our educators, I would do all of our huge trainings um, when all of our educators would come together, I would work with our artistic team to create new looks and trends, and so yeah, I was doing that up until the end of 2019, and I um, had a contract with Diva Curl that ended at the end of 2019, and then the pandemic happened, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I kind of didn't know what was going to happen because my job is so is so like person to person. I've always been in spaces where we are like seeing stylists in person. We're all coming together in big groups, and that was certainly not something that was going to be happening for quite a while. So I being a little unsure of what the future was going to hold for beauty industry and education specifically, I came across an online course 
to learn how to do brand design and something that I've kind of always prided myself in is like being able to figure shit out on my own. If I needed to edit videos, you know, I figured out how to edit them myself. If I needed to learn how to, you know, use YouTube or anything really that was technical, I was able to really kind of like Google it and find it out. And so I figured this would be something that maybe I could just figure out. And um, I did, and it's been going pretty well so far. Um, it's been just over a year since I started my brand design company. And I work predominantly still in the beauty industry. You know, I love to work with um, beauty professionals, hair, makeup, um, estheticians, but I also just love to work with creative women that are, you know, kind of branching out on their own or trying to rebrand. Um, and yeah, and that's how I met you. And, and here we are. <laughs> you know, I'm hearing a couple themes throughout your current track and what you did for so long. One being this ability to pivot and find new roads, but still find things that light you up. This pivot into brand design, were you expecting to love it or did you know you would love it or was it a gamble? Um, you know, I definitely think it was a gamble because I, I had a little bit of money saved and I knew that I was going to have to invest in this course. I was going to have to invest in you know, the things that you need to kind of get a brand and a business off the ground. Um, and so again, still like, you know, having to support my daughter. I mean, she's 16 now, so, you know, she's pretty self-sufficient, but still having to take care of her and making sure that like our lives didn't completely fall off the rails. Um, so it was <laughs> definitely a, a risk, but I also felt like, even though my past experience wasn't specifically in like graphic design or branding, we were always focused on the brand. You know, anything that we did in regards to education, it was linked to every other department in the company. So we were always heavily focused on how is this going to impact the brand? You know, is it on brand? You know, is what we're doing going to make sense for what marketing is doing or what sales is doing or what PR is doing? And so sure. it really felt like it, it did make sense, but it was definitely a risk. And I didn't know if I was going to like, be able to hack it. You know, I was seeing all of these like really incredible brand designers do really amazing things. And, you know, uh, of course you play that comparison game, but um, yeah, it was definitely like kind of a, let's just jump in the deep end and see what happens. And, and luckily it seems to be working out. How did you find the courage to do that? You know, I hear a lot of people saying like, who do I think I am to start a business? Who do I think I am to go do X, Y, and Z. How did you justify in your mind, like, I'm just going to go do it and I'm going to do it messy and I'm going to try and I'm going to figure it out. How did you, how did you handle that with your mindset? Yeah. You know, I, I don't, I don't know if courage is the right word because I was scared. Like there was definitely fear behind like this, this risk that I was taking, but I think that it was, what am I going to do in the next kind of phase of my life? You know, like I said, I just, I, you know, I just turned 41, you know, I've been doing the same thing for a long time and I really wanted to create something that was mine. And mm -hmm. it felt like this was the time, like if not now, then when we're all at home, I had nothing to do, <laughs> you know, this right. was going to be the moment that I had no excuses. Um, I could sit down and I could take this course and I could work on my business and there was nothing really stopping me from doing it. So that was really like it for me, it was 
yeah, I am scared, but if I'm not going to do it now, there's not going to be another opportunity. It didn't feel like there was going to be another opportunity. It just felt like this was the universe kind of telling me, okay, here you are, you're at home, you have this extra cash, like you can invest in it. Um, you know, this is the time to take that risk. And so, and I think that like the people around me, I have a, an incredibly supportive, you know, my daughter is like my biggest fan and she's always Aww. like rooting for me behind the scenes. I know she's great. And, you know, the people in my life that are close to me, you know, they always are like, you're going to do great no matter what you do, because I mean, I, I guess historically that is the case, but you know, you're always, you know, thinking that this is the time that you're going to fail. Uh, but for me, it was like, yeah, I might fail. I might, but if I'm not going to try it now, then I'm probably never going to try it. Right. And so it was really just kind of conquering that voice of like, yeah, I could fail and, and just being like, okay, well, maybe I will, but maybe I won't. And, um, you know, if I don't, it's, it's such an incredible opportunity and, um, you know, and then the, and then there's no like end, you know, to the kind of business that I can create because it's mine. Totally. And so, um, so yeah, it was just kind of embracing the fear also and being like, yeah, I'm scared, but I'm going to, sorry, can I cuss? I'm going to do it. Yeah, of course I'm going to fucking do it anyway. (laughs) No, you totally can. You know, I think that you and I have a similar feeling about how our business has unfolded, which is like, I don't really have too much to lose if I just give this a shot. So I might Mm -hmm. as well really dedicate myself to it. The second overlap that I heard from your current path to what you were doing before was this sense of like resourcefulness and letting the work teach you. So for instance, like when you were, you know, a hair stylist, I don't know if that's the proper word. So like, forgive me if that's like not a kosher word anymore or something, but no, um, no, that's okay. (laughs) Yeah. So when you were a hairstylist, then you, when you became a hair educator, like you don't just obviously like step into those roles, like have to have a lot of information at your fingertips, but also the experience of like learning along the way. Mm -hmm. And then also with this brand design path and website design and graphic design, learning by doing. And I think that's another thing that's really great about you is that you are a feel the fear, do it anyway kind of person. Like you and I have definitely had conversations where both of us are like, should we, are we doing this? Or yeah, like, you know, we have, we're, we're human, but I think that you have such a sense of resourcefulness to your point, buying a course and with that course that you purchased and with this road of like, I'm going to learn what I can and I'm going to activate this. So many people also take that step, but they can't execute. So yeah. what kind of things did you find helped you to actually get it moving in motion? Or did you, was there anything at the beginning that made you feel like, I'm going to do this just to start? Was it pricing really low? Was it working with people you knew? Was it finding people to like have a, you know, go through a beta? Like what was it at the beginning that you were like, I'm going to activate what I learned now? How did that transfer into learning to doing? And yeah, I think that's such an important point for people that are like trying to start something for themselves. Because when I started in the industry, when I applied to my first job at Sexy Hair, I was applying for a receptionist job. Because I was like what? foot in the door. I honestly, I applied for a receptionist position because I had always loved the brand. And I knew that I was like foot in the door. I have no idea where this could take me. And the director of education called me and was like, you have a cosmetology license. Why are you applying for this job? And I said, and I told her, I said, I'm going to be honest. I just want to work for your company. Like I, I need a steady job. <laughs> I was very uh-huh. blunt about it. Like, 
I'm a single mom, I have to take care of my baby, I need a full-time job. And this other opportunity, which was managing their advanced academy, was also open that I didn't know about. And so I ended up taking, I ended up getting the other job that was much more suited to my background and my skill set. And I was making, get this, $40,000 a year. And I thought I was rich. Like I, mm. it was, it was Been the there. greatest <laughs> moment because <laughs> I was like, holy shit, I don't have to struggle anymore. Like at that moment, that was, that was like the golden ticket for me. And so it's, it is that like, it's like getting your foot in the door is kind of the first step. But when it came to this opportunity and this like turning, taking my, this course and turning it into my own business, um, I knew that I was going to have to really lean into the, I'm new at this. Like, I'm not an expert. I'm, this is a second career. And I didn't want to be afraid to talk about that because there were, there are so many other women, especially I think around my age that are kind of ready to take that next step or trying to figure out like their kids are grown. What am I going to do now kind of thing. And for me, it was like, Hey, yeah, I'm, this is new to me. I am not an expert. I don't have 10, 15, 20 years of experience doing this thing, but what I am willing to do is price myself low. I'm willing to do things for free. I'm willing to make the right connections. And, um, and I really do think that's what, kind of catapulted me and it felt really slow at the beginning. Like obviously it takes, I mean, I don't know, it's been a year or so and maybe that's not slow, but um, it felt really slow at the time. It felt like, yeah, I'm gonna do a couple free jobs. I'm gonna get some work that I can post. I'm gonna do some kind of like passion project things on my own. Um, I'm gonna connect my, I'm gonna reconnect with people that I know in the industry that might be able to connect me with other people. And, you know, I think, connecting with you was a huge asset too, because, you know, it's just finding the right kinds of people that, you know, you're going to connect with, you know, you're going to jive with, you know, you're going to not only have like a good working relationship, but also like, like you like each other and you want to, you want to work <laughs> together. No, I'm kidding. I'm I, kidding, mean, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't know. You're in LA now. So you're going to get to see the actual Nicole in real yeah, person. Right, right. Um, but yeah, for me, it was like, I didn't want to pretend because when I first started, I really did feel like I had to pretend. I tried to position myself as like this agency model. I was talking about we and like, you know, anytime I talked about my business, it was like, we are doing this, we are doing that. And I, after a while, it felt really inauthentic because it was, I really had to pull myself back and be like, what's the, what's the harm in being the person that is just on their own kind of doing mm -hmm. it themselves? Mm -hmm. Because I've always been that way. Like it's always been, sure. I'm figuring things out on my own. And I actually really, uh, this, as second I did that, I felt like there was a shift in my mentality, a shift in my business where people were seeing me and not seeing this like quote unquote agency that didn't have like the personal connection that I think when I, when I changed, I just changed my name, the business name, you know, now it's just my name. And so it's really all, it's, it's me, it's just me and my brand. And so I think that figuring that out was a huge step in the right direction for me, but I did, I did free work. I did cheap work. You know, the first year I was, my prices were really, really low. And I just wanted to say, I said yes to everything. If I mm -hmm. had five jobs already and somebody else came to me and said, I need brand design. I was like, yes, absolutely. I would stay up all night, you know, getting things done. And I just wanted a lot of people talking about the work that I was doing because for me, Creating that felt chatter. like the most, 
Yeah, absolutely. And it felt like the most authentic way for me to gain trust in the industry for, for something that I didn't, I wasn't already an expert in. Like I could create this, I could create trust with the people that I worked with and then they would tell other people and then they would want to work with me. And that's happening now. You know, I'm getting a lot of referrals from clients that I worked with at the end of last year. And so it's got to be working because because now the people are talking and they're sure. and more people are coming to uh, to work with me. So, yeah, I, I think it's I think you have to like not be afraid to say like, yeah, I am new at this. This is new to me. I'm trying something new. And there are people out there that will be like, cool, like I still like you. I think you, what you're doing is great, even though you don't have 10 years of experience and they're going to take the risk. You know, they're going to take a chance on you. Sure. And, and yeah. You know, it's funny. I want to continue on this point without, and I want to come back to my third crossover that I noticed, but with that in mind, there's so many people who come to me who say, I have 10 years experience in this industry, so I'm going to charge a lot in this new industry. Mm -hmm. And I have a, a very honest conversation with them that it doesn't matter that we have these extensive backgrounds in other industries. It will catapult us quicker, I believe, but we still have to start with a baseline. We have to start with those beta clients. We have to get testimonials. We have to create a process for our work. What would you say to somebody who's having a really hard time justifying starting from the beginning when they are really deep into a career that they just spent a long time building? Yeah, I think you have to kind of, it doesn't negate all of the hard work that you have done in your, in your past career. Like that was something that I've always been really successful at what I did in the beauty industry and education. At every brand that I went to, I was well, almost every brand that I went to, I was pretty, I was pretty successful and I was able to get the job done and I was able to create a lot of really positive relationships that helped me get other jobs. Taking this new job doesn't negate all of that. It doesn't change the fact that I was really successful in that part of my career journey. All it does is mean that this is a different journey. And so you have to try to separate the the ego, I think, because naturally we want to like i was a director like i was a director at some of the biggest hair professional hair companies in the world and and now i'm going to charge $500 for a brand and website package like like what the hell that doesn't make sense like you have to really separate the ego because it is you you are starting fresh like it it doesn't matter what you did in the past, like that doesn't go away because you're starting something new. You can still lean on that success. You know, there's a lot of things that I learned in my past career that I'm implementing in my new business, but that doesn't mean that the same people are going to need your services. Right. If that makes sense. Like the people that I worked with in my previous life, I mean, I did education and training. So I was creating curriculum and I was training people. I was doing presentation skills, you know, those are things that I'm not necessarily, none of those skills are, are really applying now, you know, to this brand and website design business, because there are a whole new set of skills that I'm offering and a whole new set of services that I'm offering. So you have to really try to let go of, but I was a director, like, okay, so what? Like, I mean, as I got older in my career, like the title really had less and less value to me right. because I felt like. I was so much happier and I was able to do so much more and connect with people so much more when I was like a senior manager level, because 
I, I did get to be in like the nitty gritty with people. And so being a sure, director, sure. Like, yeah, it has I, a lot agreed. Of prestige. I felt the same. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it has a lot of prestige when you say it, but when you're actually doing the work, like for me, it wasn't as exciting as like being able to really work with people. So yeah, I, I don't know. Boring I think stuff. <laughs> it really is. And I think, so if you're, if you're coming into a new, you know, phase of your, your life and your career and you're trying something new and you're holding on to that ego from your previous career, I think it's just like, it doesn't mean that you are now not successful. Like you've had all this success. It doesn't go away. You carry that with you. You just have to try to, to try to connect with a new audience and that audience will then see you as an expert. And then you'll build that those relationships again. And you'll eventually have the same kind of feeling that you did when you were a director or senior manager or whatever. It just takes time to build the right kinds of relationships. And, and like I said, I think letting go of the ego, which is really hard. I mean, I think it's really hard for a lot and of people. And I don't think it let... takes as long as people think, you know, I think that people no. think that since it took me, let's say five or six years to really feel established in my first career, it'll take five or six years again. And it's just, it's not the case. It's going to happen so much quicker. I think remembering that like going back to quote unquote, the beginning is still a lot further than if you hadn't had all of that work behind you as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I was in the beauty industry, like I said, I, for almost 20 years and I've only been in this industry for a year and I feel like I'm starting to build that notoriety is not the right word, but Mm -hmm. like I'm, people are starting to recognize me and my work and that's something I didn't expect to happen this soon. Like I certainly didn't expect people to be like, oh, I recognized your work or I heard from uh, so this person about you. And, and I think that in the past, like two or three months that has been happening more and more and more. And so cool. I, I, yeah, and it's, I mean, it's great. I love it, but I definitely didn't think that it was going to be happening this quickly. And so I do think that people have this mentality of it's going to take me another 10 years to get to where I was in that phase of my career. And it's just not true. I think you just have to come at it with a new set of eyes and, Mm -hmm. um, and just, and, and just do what feels right to you, like do what feels right, be honest and authentic and, and people will connect with that. I think that's what's most important. You know, I, everything you're saying is like, I'm over here, like rooting, like I'm like fist pumping, (laughs) you know what I mean? Because it's like, I say this stuff so many times, but it's almost like, and this is like a shitty example because I doubt anyone views me as like their parent. But like when your parent tells you something, you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. But then you hear it from someone else and you're like, oh, wow, what a great, you know, yeah. insight. So I'm hoping that people who I say this to over and over again, like they hear it a different way through you because you're, we couldn't be more aligned. You know, I think that there's a lot of humbling yourself in this kind of work. And if you just do the work and you focus on doing a good job and caring deeply about your clients, you're going to do fine. And it's probably going to happen a lot quicker than you think, even though it's going to feel turtle speed slow at the beginning, you know? And, and, and that is well. true. It does. And I think if you can get past that phase and if you can just stay true to the course and like, I mean, I, I love that you always tell, you always tell people to just like, just do it. It doesn't matter if it's perfect. It's do it like, get it done messy. It doesn't matter because Mm -hmm. it's not going to, it's only going to look messy to the people with years and years. Yeah. Or like people with tons and tons and tons of experience. A lot of people look at your stuff and they're like, wow, this looks great. Like they would never know that it was messy. They would Mm -hmm. never know that you, you know, you hit publish on the website thinking like, shit, I had 
10 more changes to make, or I wish I had this brand photo shoot done in time and, you know, whatever it is, it's like, I don't know. I think it's just, yeah, they don't know. And I think at that point that that's something, if you can get past that mindset of like, everything has to be perfect. And there are still days when I struggle with it, but I think I'm better at it now than I used to be of like, like I'm going to, I wanted to launch a program. I, you know, I, I got all the stuff together the week before and I launched it like, you know, and I kind of just threw it out there and I was like, Hey, like go buy this thing, please. And, and people bought it. And so I, I think that it's, you have to kind of give yourself some, find some grace and be like, nobody's going to notice. Nobody's going to know that you. Nobody's going to know. Night before. No gonna know. <laughs> trying, trying like bring back the, t- bring back the TikTok sound, you know, honestly. <laughs> So that third thing that I mentioned that I noticed was a crossover between what you're doing now and what you have been doing in your past mm-hmm. is that you really care deeply about, sure, female entrepreneurs, but you really care deeply about women in the beauty space. One, I want to know why that is. And then I do have a follow up. Like what, obviously you come from that space, but like you feel so passionate about that. Like, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I think that the beauty industry, especially the hair industry, I just think that we get, there's still this stigma of like the dumb hairdresser. I think that it is remarkable that like, you know, people will pay thousands of dollars to get their hair done, but there's still this idea that being a hairstylist is like a fallback career. And so I, you know, and I think there's a lot of people in the, the hair industry specifically that are starting to speak out about this. And the standards of the salon industry specifically are so shitty and they're, it's so hard to find really quality salon owners that care about their stylists that don't hold them hostage to like the way they think they should run their business. Because a hairstylist, it doesn't matter if you're in a commission salon or a booth rent or a studio, like whatever space you're in, you are your business. You are your brand. It doesn't matter what building you're in, you know, the work that you do and the education that you have and the skills that you create with every day, that's your business. So mm-hmm. the, this mentality that like you have to be at the mercy of really toxic salon owners or toxic salon environments where there's competition between stylists, like it's just like, we don't need to do this anymore. Like there's, right. better, there's better options out there. And I think that for new stylists, like they're savvy enough to get it. I think there's so many, there's so many great stylists on social media that are really open about their, their experiences. And they're talking about how, you know, they're not, they're not staying in toxic environments. They're going to, you know, they're going out on their own. They're going into spaces where salon owners are really champ championing them to be their own brand to be successful on their own. And there's no fear of competition for the salon owner either. Like if you want to, if a stylist wants to leave and go somewhere else and try something new, like that's great, go do that. You know, it's, there's none of this fear of competition between stylists, between salon owner and stylists. And so for me, it's like the, the, the mentality of like the struggle is the journey for stylists. Like, it's just not, it's not true anymore. You know, when I started, when I was in cosmetology school, I was watching my friends 
go into these high ticket salons working as assistants for really, really terrible stylists. Not terrible stylists, but terrible people. <laughs> you know, they were oh constantly being treated badly. They were being paid nothing. And it was just the way things work. You know, it just was the way if you wanted to work in a really high ticket salon, especially in Los Angeles, like that was the journey for you. You had to assist for a stylist. And if you were lucky, you got somebody that actually taught you something. But there were so many people that I watched just, you know, they just hated that part of their career. And it's like, that doesn't have to be that way anymore. I mean, I think that we don't, stylists don't have to struggle to get to where they want to be. And I think it's, there's this kind of freedom now to build your own brand. And I, I think, you know, they're, they're stylists that for a long time were beholden to product companies. And I say this because I worked for them, you know, mm -hmm. product companies would hire stylists to be educators or artists and they would get them under contract and then they wouldn't be able to kind of be their own person because they always had to be what the brand needed them to be. And I think now there's this kind of new wave of quote unquote hair influencer that is just being an independent educator and they're educating for themselves. They're educating for brands. They're educating you know, on business, on, you know, positive mindset, they're educating on skills that they can use behind the chair. I just think it's, there's such an incredible shift happening in the industry. And I just want more women, especially to know because our industry is so female dominated, that they don't have to struggle, they don't have to be unhappy in their salon, they don't have to be in situations where they don't feel like they are growing. There's just so many other opportunities out there. And I think a lot of it is taking it upon themselves to build their own brand. And that's why I feel like I wanted to stay in the beauty industry with this new business because mm -hmm. stylists, I just think that number one, the beauty industry, salons, stylists, everything for a long time has looked the same. Everything has been the same kind of branding, the same kind of logo, the same kind of salon names. And I think it's time to change that. And so I want women to see that they can build their own brands for themselves. They can market themselves. They can completely run their business all on their own. And it doesn't matter what kind of salon environment they're in because they can control their own destiny if they have the right branding and they have the right mentality and they educate themselves and the things that they want to do, you know, there really is no limit to what mm -hmm. they can achieve. So I feel like that's, I just went on a whole, whole rant, but I love it. I love a rant. No. And I, mean, um, I think that there's also so much power to be held there for any industry, really. Mm -hmm. Like you're talking to so many women led businesses or female led industries or industries that are, shunned in some kind of way because women are pushed aside or like thought of as like being an accessory or you know not as smart as they actually are taking their business right. seriously and women are starting to say um no I'm actually gonna you know run this myself because I actually know what I'm doing and I've been following this for a while so I think it transfers also while also shedding light a little bit into an industry that a lot of people may not even be aware of. And what's really cool is that you are working with so many salons, hairstylists, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people who follow me see you doing a lot of work with digital entrepreneurs. And I know a lot of people feel this way in my space where they're like caught between what they want to do and what's supplying them money. And not that right. you dislike what you're doing with me. I think that we have a great time. You love our clients. Our clients love working with you. 
So it's not like you're like, oh my God, I hate what I'm doing. Like, it's no. terrible. But I know how much you care about your salon owners and your stylists. So what would you say to somebody if they also are feeling like this is the direction I want to go and this is the work that's paying me? Yeah, I think that it's, for me, it's like, I, I want to, like, I, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that I want to help as many stylists as I can be successful. But I am generally just really passionate about seeing women succeed. And so for me, I think that there's like the, there's, I don't think it's a disconnect between the beauty industry and like women in business. I think that a lot of the beauty industry stylists, salon owners, they're, they're still women in business. And so I think that there's that connection between working with the beauty industry and working with people that are attorneys or they're real estate agents or they're, you know, they're copywriters. You know, I think that there's still women in business and there's still even, it, it might not sound like it, but it's still a, a creative field too. I mean, they're, everybody is kind of in a creative field nowadays because they have to create content for their business, especially, you know, the people that we interact with all the time, you know, they're, they're marketing themselves predominantly on, you know, on Instagram or, you know, TikTok now. But I think that every industry is kind of a creative industry now, because you have to be willing to have that mindset of I have to create content for my audience, because I have to keep an audience interested, so that they stick around, and they want to work with me, and then they want to tell their friends about me. And so for me, it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel different because I'm still doing what I love, which is helping women succeed. I'm still doing, I'm still creating, you know, cool shit. I'm yeah, getting to okay. meet all kinds of great people and everybody has a hairstylist. Everybody has right. a hairstylist. Right. So it doesn't matter the industry. If I'm, if I'm branching over to working with women that are in other industries that don't connect back to beauty, I mean, somebody does their hair. So right, 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 hopefully right. they're going to be talking about That's me a good point. to, they're going to be talking about me to their hairstylist and, or, you know, maybe they post something and their hairstylist like, wow, this looks great. And they'll be like, yeah, my brand designer, she actually focuses on in the beauty industry. And so it all comes back full circle. <laughs> you know, I think that that's something that really everybody has somebody that does their hair. Totally. So it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter the industry as, as much as I talk to the beauty industry. I think that what I'm really saying is can kind of umbrella over into a lot of different industries. I think you're right. Like there is so much crossover. I also always recommend to people to remember that you can always market to the people that you want. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just because you're taking work doesn't mean that it has to be like your main marketing source. Oh, and definitely. if you keep working with the people that are similar to what you want and marketing, like these are my people, like this is what I'm working on. This is what I'm doing, like whatever it is, then mm -hmm. more of those people will come just naturally because you're marketing that kind of thing. So it's also a little bit of like, take the work. I'm always team, take the work, take the money. You know what I mean? Like I'm not oh, ever going to tell a woman to take away <laughs> their money. Like, no, but you know, with that said, there's also a little bit of like, you don't necessarily have to market it. Like nobody's forcing you to, it's not like bad juju or anything like that to do that. And, you know, I, there are jobs that there are clients I take that I'm like, that's not exactly what I want to be doing, but you know, like right now I'm working with a restaurant and 
I don't really want more restaurant work, like no offense Mm -hmm. by any means, but I'm not going to be probably talking about that very openly because it's just not something I want to attract more of. So I think that that's also part of it is like, know that you don't have to be shouting from a mountaintop the work that you don't enjoy because then you are going to be attracting the work that you don't want, you know? Yeah. And I think that right now, even though, like I said, I feel like there's a lot of chatter and a lot of traction happening with my business. I still am very new. I I don't, I don't see myself now as like, Oh, I'm a year in now I'm an expert. And I like, I get to pick and choose, you know, so I, I am still posting, you know, like last week I had three, three brands launch two websites and one was a, I know I was like crazy week. Um, one was a, um, permanent tattoo artist, permanent cosmetics, and one was a wedding photographer and one was a social media manager. And so it's like those kinds of things, I think like, and, and, and I'm working with, you know, I'm working with several hairstylists right now, but their brands just haven't launched yet. And I just, um, I'm finishing up a website for a group of women that are all hairstylists that, um, team up to do wedding hair and makeup and they're amazing. And so like there, I'm still doing the I'm still doing work that I love um, and I'm getting to work in the beauty space, but I also get to meet all these other incredible women that do really cool stuff. And I just think that that's amazing. And I think that maybe one day I'll be able to say, no, I only want to work with hairstylists, but I don't know. I think I might always have that door open to work with. I think it's just because I've in my career, I've always been in an industry or a like education and training is always like, how can I serve you? Like, how can we serve stylists? How can we give them the right kind of information and education to help them grow their business, help them gain wealth, help them do make their job easier. And so I feel like that's still my nature is like, how can I help this woman get to the next level in her career? I could help her brand her career. And it doesn't necessarily matter that she's not a hairstylist, but I can provide a service for her that will help her, you know, get to where she wants to go. I feel like to me, that's the most important thing. It's not necessarily staying in the industry. It's like, how can I, how can I help somebody in their life and their career? And I feel like they're always going to remember that. Like if you help somebody at a pivotal moment in their life and their career, they're never going to forget that you did that. And it doesn't necessarily matter if it's the right kind of industry or the perfect kind of client. You know, I think there's always going to be that connection back to like, well, like she, she went outside of her norm to like help me out. I mean, yeah, I'm getting paid for all this. So it's not like I'm doing any of this for free, but still, still it's like finding those people that you really want to like see grow and see like, you know, reach that next level. Yeah. And so I think for me, that's really, that's the most important part. You know, I think that there's so much to learn from you and from your story, especially your ability to just kind of like dive in, take the risk. You know, we connected because you signed up for a strategy sprint. Mm-hmm. And I remember kind of there being like, what is the way forward? Like illuminate the path. I'll figure it out. And I have now that we've been working together for, you know, let's say eight months or so, all that I see from you is like an ability, you know, a willingness to be wrong, a willingness to fail at something. And what always ends up happening is that you don't, right? Like you do things <laughs> right and you overperform. And I think it all comes back to caring about your people incredibly deeply because that goes further than everything. You'll do good work when you care. You'll overperform from a client experience perspective if you care. It all comes mm-hmm. back to like caring so, so, so deeply. 
Uh, but it's been just, it's been so cool to work, be working with you and to have you on the team. And I love our team, obviously, like I'm biased, but they're I love amazing. Everybody. And we Honestly, have such a good, amazing. yeah, we have such a good group. We have a lot of fun together and it's just been great to watch how you've kind of like changed and stepped in, changed our clients' businesses is what I was going to say and stepped into their business in a really integral way. And so Anyway, cheers to you. And thank you. If somebody was listening to this and it could be anyone and anything that you really feel called to or that you find yourself maybe saying often, what kind of lesson or what kind of, you know, reminder would you want to give some sort of an entrepreneur, a stylist, a digital entrepreneur, anybody could be anything. What is something that you feel is something that you feel passionate about that you'd love to share before we go? I think I think that for me, it's like, there's always, there's always a door to a new opportunity. Um, there's, you're never really stuck. Um, I know that sometimes, especially women, especially mothers, um, we can feel like we have to take care of everybody else. We have to do for everybody else and we come last. And I can definitely say that I have been that person and that mom. And, um, you know, I think that this opportunity has shown me the thing, the advice that I always give other people, you know, it's like, I finally Mm -hmm. took my own advice. And I think that especially for women starting a business, wanting to start a new business, wanting to get out of a situation that feels toxic, like there's always, there's always a door to another opportunity. There's always a door that can give you something that maybe you didn't think you deserved or you didn't think you could have. And I think that it just means finding the right information or connecting with the right people and, and, you know, believing in yourself. I think that as cheesy as it might sound, I think that we constantly doubt ourselves. We constantly believe. And I think that what you just said about me is very true is that I'm constantly thinking that I'm going to fail. And then I somehow, I somehow rise to the top <laughs> and yeah and, which is and great get the thing done and you know that's something that I I'm starting to believe in myself a little bit more and but I, I think that women are naturally just we are care we naturally are taking care of everybody else and we very rarely believe that we can have something just for us and I I, I think that this business is something that for me, it was like, I'm doing this for me. Like I'm doing this because I want to have the freedom to work from home. I want to have the freedom to see my daughter as much as I can, or be where she needs me to be as much as I can. But really it meant like, can I, can I do this for myself and be successful? And, and I think that just believing in yourself and really finding the right information. Like the information is always out there. Google is free. If you want to learn how to do something, you can absolutely find out how to do it on the internet. <laughs> Anything that you want to learn is on the internet. If you want to learn how to use Canva, it's it's on the internet. If you yep. want to learn how to DIY your own website because you don't have the budget to pay somebody to do it, it's on the internet. Like there's so much, the resources are literally unlimited and Mm -hmm. all you have to do is find them. So there's no, like, there really is no excuse. There really is no excuse. If you want to learn something new, if you want to learn how to take better hair photos, there is so much information on the internet that you can find to do that. If you want to learn how to start a new Instagram account, whatever it is, like, there's no dumb questions. It's never too late to start. It's just, just, sitting down and figuring it out on your own, I think is, is 
the right starting point. And, and yeah, and just believing that there is something that you can have just for you. Well, you're truly a gem. I could not have had a better person on the podcast. This was like a rock star episode. I'm so, so, so glad we did this. I'm so glad we're doing this with the team. And thank you for doing this. Thank you for coming. Yeah, it was really fun. And thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. Uh, This has been another episode of The Unfiltered Entrepreneur with Nicole Nixon. Nicole, where can we find you? find me at my website is it's nicole nixon.com n-i-c-o-l-e-n-i-x-o-n because people always somehow spell it wrong uh, or on instagram same thing uh, at it's nicole nixon amazing or they can work with us uh <laughs> at consulting if you want to work with nicole you could work with nicole on your own as well without access to me and the team but uh nicole it's been great having you on the podcast it's even better having you in my business I'm truly the luckiest on the planet to be able to work with you so closely on a day-to-day basis so thank you for being here thank you for being on my team and we will catch everybody else uh next episode of the unfiltered entrepreneur thank you for listening hold up don't leave quite yet The good just gets better. I know it might be expensive to hire me for my services, so I've created a free way for you to get all of my best for any question you have. Click the link in the show notes to drop us a voice note, and I promise you I will answer every single one of them on the podcast for free. This has been a Fast Forward production. To learn more about them, check out at the women are speaking on Instagram for more information.